0: are saying that the important thing is that we need to develop our faith, isn't it? We, we, because without faith you can't do anything, because without faith you can't please God. And God works on the basis of faith. I know some people find this a bit difficult, and I did when I was a young Christian, but now I'm coming to realize that the faith that we have is the most precious thing that you have. And that's why Peter says in this epistle, like precious faith. So we need to understand this. And when I was, um, I suppose I've read the life of Joseph many times, and, but recently I began to realize that he was a perfect picture Joseph of somebody that did what Peter is talking about in 2 Peter chapter 1 he added to his faith. You understand? And every test and trial that Joseph went through increased his faith and his ability to have the kind of faith that could handle what God had planned for him. You understand? God's got a good plan for each one of us, but very few of us ever come into the fullness of that plan. Because without faith, you can't take it. You know, the the book of Hebrews is a big lesson for us, because what it's saying to you, this company of people who God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, this is Israel, my son, When they had this traumatic salvation out of Egypt, and it was dramatic, wasn't it? Absolutely tremendous. I don't think any generation will ever see so many miracles, signs and wonders as the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt. In fact, my liberal theologian at school, my school chaplain said to me, well, of course, it's all an allegory. It couldn't possibly have happened, he said. You know... (laughs) used to teach me the piano, this bloke. And uh, he, was a, he was a Church of England bloke. I said, really? I, and then he said, oh, well. I said, what about the Red Sea then? Oh, no, they didn't. You know, it, the Red Sea was very low and they walked through it and all this kind of nonsense. You know, Everything's brought down to reasonings, you see. And once you start to take a page out the Bible, you're left only with the cover in the end. There's nothing in it. You'll find that every page will come out. You'll be left with nothing. And, the, and you see, faith is not to do with human reasonings. And if you told Joseph, well, you see, you've got to understand this, that Jacob had 12 sons, didn't he? And six of them from Leah, uh, four of them from two of the handmaidens, that's 10. And then two came from his dearly beloved Rachel. (laughs) He loved Rachel. And these two he had were Joseph and Benjamin. So in the mind of Jacob, the firstborn was in fact Joseph. Do you get it? Not Reuben. Although he was the firstborn. But in Jacob's mind... The person that was going to carry on this seed of blessing was not Reuben, but it was Joseph. You understand? And so he made him this coat of many colors, didn't he? Which you'll find that if you study the kings, was a sign of royalty. See, you've got to get an idea in your mind that if you're a child of God, you are blessed. Oh yes. You see Jacob got a hold of this. You've got to get hold of this. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. And once you can honor God and honor that blessing and honor what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. This is the Galatian epistle. You know, Galatians 3. That this man, Abraham, was the first man to believe the gospel. That's what Genesis, Galatians 3 says. You see, you've got to get this in your mind. The gospel didn't start in Matthew. It started in Genesis. You see? The Old Testament is as much the gospel as the New Testament. And, of course, we've got a problem in the church. They ditch the Old Testament. And then when you start ditching the Old Testament, you ditch the epistles as some of the liberal theologians I've talked to, oh, we don't want Paul and all this legalistic justification gospel. We don't want all this business about... We we just want the simple gospel of love of Jesus. Well, of course, it's all nonsense because the gospel is, is, is on one side, it says in Romans 1, the gospel reveals what? The righteousness of God. There's got to be justice in our salvation. Isn't there? When you're in trouble, you need somebody to get you out of it. Because there's an enemy, let's face it, an enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy you. And he's a liar. And he comes with very convincing lies. And he says, you can't do that. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You're too little and too small. And too... Look who's inside you. Christ is in you. See, we've got to understand what Jesus has conferred upon us. Well, Jacob certainly conferred his blessing on this Joseph. As far as he was concerned, he's the eldest son. Well, we are all blessed in Christ Jesus. Understand? God, the gospel has put it on everybody that will believe. Understand? And many are called to, see, to receive this blessing, but how many choose it? They don't want it to because they're so interested in all this stuff out here. The weight, as we said this morning, and the sin, that death so easily, and it does so easily beset us. And it's something you have to make a conscious decision of. Am I honoring God? And that's why this second thing I'm telling you in 2 Peter 1, excellence is the biggest challenge we face. Because we cannot progress from that to know God. And when you think about Joseph, this little boy of 17, gave this coat of many colors, and in a way, you know, it says, it, it says that he, well, we better turn this in Genesis, um, Genesis 37, isn't it? And in Genesis uh, 37, um, in verse three, it said, now Israel... Loved Joseph more than all his other children, and this is a problem to start with, isn't it? You know, I had an uncle Eustace in our family that my grandmother loved, and you know, caused a lot of trouble in families when one is favoured over all the others. And and of course, Joseph wasn't very wise in this manner in which he handled the matter. And of course, and he made him a coat of many colors, an all-covering, weather-covering mantle. And when his brothers saw it, they hated him and they couldn't speak, and he dreams a dream. Now, if you understand the blessing and you feel and you are, you know, you're blessed, you're going to get dreams, you're going to get visions you're going to get an insight into what God wants for you. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be surprised. If you can get vision, what faith does, it gives you vision. Understand? When you get born again, you get a new heart. And the new heart has got a big ear. In the middle of heart, there's E-A-R. Heart. And that heart can hear God. The stony heart is taken out and you've got a heart that hears God. But you can choose to blot that hearing and not listen to what God is saying and, and decide to make your own decisions about everything. And you see, what... what and I, and, and I, I mean, I understand how, how Jacob thought about Joseph and he dreams these dreams, and of course, it's it, to, to his brethren, it's quite offensive, and even to his father and mother, because even his father and mother, the sun and moon are the father and the mother in this dream, the second one, and they're bowing down to him. And of course, it happened, didn't it? You see, and, and, and the, the problem is, you see, when you are blessed, and you're covered with this robe of righteousness... What what I want to say is this. That coat that was conferred by Jacob on Joseph was not a good enough covering. Only Christ can give you a covering which is the robe of righteousness that will cover you and save you from all trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you'll see as we go in this story that these coverings are important. I think at the end of the North Wales meeting, and then when I came back, the Lord said to me, you see, you need your robe of righteousness, you need your garment of salvation, because if you're going to fight this good fight of faith, you need on your spiritual armor as well, your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, your shoes of peace, sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. You see, because you're in a fight now, because you are, in a way, all lit up in the spiritual world. You were a dead spirit, now you're a quickened spirit. It's not you hath he stiffened, but you hath he quickened. (laughs) As some people think to think. No, he hasn't stiffened you, he's quickened you. Praise the Lord. You're a lively stone, not a dead stone. We're lively stones, aren't we? And the point about it is that when, when, when the enemy saw that Jacob had been conferred this blessing, he said, I'll destroy this seed. Understand? I'll destroy it. Straight away. And you know, when you're a baby Christian, that's when you need help. Because there's an enemy that wants to kill you like the tigers want to kill the baby elephants. And that's why big ele- uh, 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 Indian elephants have anti-elephants. So when the mother's not looking, anti-elephant can stop the tiger killing the baby elephant. And it's the same thing in the spiritual realm. There's an enemy, he's out to steal and kill and destroy. And what we've got to do is help people to understand how to win this war. <laughs> Yeah, we win this war. Yeah. Because we're in a war. (laughs) It's a spiritual war. And you think of the attack now on this Joseph. Because he was going to be the seed that was not only going to provide for God's seed, but in fact the families of the whole earth. Think about it. This Joseph was going to be put in Egypt to feed the world. And of course he is a type of Christ. And Jesus came, as a t- and he's a type of Christ. Jesus came to feed the world, didn't he? Whosoever will believe, you know, can receive this wonderful salvation. And so immediately, his brothers plan to kill him. Jealousy, envy, pride they all go together, don't they? Spiritual sins, the poor cause in 2 Corinthians 7. You know, it's dangerous in the church. When you get jealous of somebody, you better watch out. You better watch out. That's a spirit from hell. It's destroyed churches where we are, jealousy. Destroyed people. Why? Because they think they should have that position. I've seen people call to the ministry, talented young people, because somebody else came along, gifted as well, Oh, took his wickets up and went never come back, completely backslidden, jealousy will kill you, it's a killer that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7:1, cleanse yourself from all sins of the spirit, and it's a sin of the spirit jealousy, envy, pride malice and if somebody is better than you, say praise God, they're better than me (laughs) who cares you know, you're just, I'm just one member as I said to Julia I'm just the delivery boy God gives me the message. I deliver it. It's not my word. It's God's word. he has got nothing to I'm just the channel through which the word comes. I'm not, I don't own this. I'm just a steward of what God gives me. I know. Everything I have belongs to God. Everything. And if he tells me to give something, I give it. It's his anyway. Isn't it? Everything is his. He's bought me. I'm bought and paid for and, I've, and, and everything's secure in him and I'm going to a very good place. Amen. Oh yeah, it's all planned. It's planned. Well, we know that Joseph got put in a pit. Not very nice. The coat stripped off him. He got stripped of that coat. But I tell you what, if you can get this robe of righteousness, the enemy cannot strip it off you. Because you're justified, you've got a protector, you've got the an angels protecting you. We got an angelic host, and if you can walk in grace and faith and favour and blessing, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Because who is who can be against you if God be for you? Who in the world can be against you? Look what they did to Joseph. Think about it. They put him down a pit. And he was left there. And if uh, one of the brothers, Simeon, was it? Hadn't said, or Judah, hadn't said, oh, you don't kill him. Whatever you do, don't kill him. And they sell him to their half-brothers, Esau, Malachites. You know, wonderful Esau. Mm. And then he gets sold into Egypt. But this blessing is on him. And it says the Potiphar understood, saw the blessing that was on his life and put in charge of his whole house. Oh, if you know you're blessed, that blessing will take you where you cannot go on your own. It will lift you up. Oh, if you can honor God and realize that you are blessed and you get an excellent spirit and you get to know God... 2 Peter 1, oh yeah, you'll get patience. You talk about a lesson in patience, look at Joseph. My goodness. You know, the more I read it, the more I realize that this man carried on his shoulders the future of God's house. Didn't he? Think about it. He was the seed of promise. If he hadn't have gone down into Egypt, and if he hadn't have been lifted up in Egypt... How would have God's seed survived? You Wouldn't it? But God God is always going before those that have faith. See? Faith will always make a provision for you where you can't even see it. And poor old Jacob, you know, he's still under trial. God is still sanctifying him. God is still dealing with him. Because his dear bro- uh, sons come home and said, oh, look at this coke, some wild animals killed him. The liars. And they, they lied about it, the whole thing. They knew perfectly well he'd been sold, but they lied about it. Dreadful, isn't it? And there he thought he was dead. I often wonder how Jacob thought it was all going to work out, because Jacob knew that this was the man carrying the blessing. And he thought, yeah. Has Satan killed the blessing? I tell you what, Satan cannot kill the blessing. You study grace through the word of God. You study Cain slew Abel. That was the devil's work. Because he was a seed that offered an acceptable sacrifice. And Cain slew him, but God got Seth. And, then, and, then, and you can see it all the way that where sin abounded through scripture, grace did much more abound. You see, grace was set up on the throne in Genesis 3.15. God said to, uh, I'm going to give you a seed that's going to crush the serpent's head. Crush it. It's going to crush the serpent's head. And that's exactly what the cross did. It destroyed his power. He stripped him of all his authority. He went to hell, Jesus, and took the keys of death and hell. He suffered for you, not only in his body, but in his rejection from God his Father because he was made to be sin for you who knew no sin. And he took the anger of God, what the word is, propitiation, Romans 3.25, that took the anger of God against sin so his visage was marred. More than any man, he took it all, and you think now Joseph suffered, but not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh no. no! And when you think about the price that God has paid for you to give you His Son, well, don't you think you should give yourself to Him? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything now. I just care about mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. One thing. One thing that matters, and it's Jesus. One thing. It's what God said to Mary. One thing. The best thing. And it's the only thing that matters. She didn't care about the washing up and the housework and the meals. Get Jesus. That's the attitude. Who cares? Let's get to Jesus. Let's sit at his feet. Let's get fed from Jesus. What? When Jesus feeds you, it's tremendous. As Julia said, there's nothing like a breakfast with Jesus on the beach. Nothing like it. Heavenly barbecues. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, I bet they never forgot that fish. I bet you never tasted fish like that. (laughs) I bet there was no fish ever been tasted like it. (laughs) And bread. What Jesus gives you is the finest as does extra special <laughs> oh, ah yeah when Jesus does it it's tremendous Oh, I, I, I tell you it, it's wonderful I don't know how God works these things if you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness God will just add it but you've got to get your mind right you've got to get your mind renewed Hallelujah. You've got to get it renewed. And the only way you can renew it is with the word of God. And when you look at these people and you think, Joseph made it. <laughs> I can make it. Yeah. Joseph made it. <laughs> and you can make it. Because if you understand the blessing like he did, and you kept that dream in your mind, he kept that dream in his mind. He never lost his vision, Joseph. He could have lost it in the pit. Mm -hmm. And there he is over Potiphar's house, and I I expect he's wondering what in the world is going on. What am I doing in Egypt, in Potiphar's house, over all these Egyptians with this foreign language, and I'm a Hebrew, and I'm chosen of God, and I'm blessed of God. God, what is going on? (laughs) And maybe you're in that sort of situation. God, what's going on? You just keep your dream you keep believing you keep steady you keep praising you keep a right accent, attitude and you keep an excellent spirit no freak outs no pointing at God no, well I won't say the unmentionables I've heard it it's not fair Well, you've got to understand that you will go through circumstances that are not fair. The world isn't fair. (laughs) We're dealing with the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world out there, you, your flesh is a problem to start with, and then there's the devil. And Joseph must have been wondering, what, and then he's got this woman, Potiphar, his wife, don't even know her name, Potiphar's wife. Well, I call it the Potiphar's wife syndrome. <laughs> I've met a few Potiphar's wives in my time. <laughs> I have. I've seen a few of them. My husband's on nights tonight. Why don't you give me a visit and all this nonsense? Oh, yeah. I've worked with some. Yeah. They're out for number one. And then just ditch you like that. (laughs) When they... And and anyway, this was a big test, wasn't it? But Joseph kept the dream alive. He kept his dream alive. Keep your dream alive. How do you do it? By looking at this. By reading this. By studying this. By meditating this. And that will get you to know God. (laughs) You begin to see God working and you think, if God can do it for Joseph, he can do it for me. And he will. That's what faith does. Faith believes what God says. The biggest challenge for us and the biggest sin is unbelief. Unbelief is behind every sin. Because you're doubting what God said. You know, when we get challenges in your body like we do, and I'm over 70, and you get these challenges, and I had a terrible... Well, I was telling uh, Cynthia that I wasn't at all well. That's, I think I had sunstroke stroke or something. I couldn't eat anything. I was feeling terrible. And I uh, thought, oh, I've got to go to Peterborough. Now. I'm going to get there, you know. And I said, Lord, if you're going to get me there, you're going to have to do something about me. <laughs> I said Lord please have mercy on me we have to humble ourselves sometimes yeah and suddenly everything went back to normal it's amazing it's absolutely amazing it is absolutely amazing what God can do you've got to walk with God I shouldn't have been out in the sun with no hat on and doing all this and that and the other you know some, some of us need a bit of wisdom don't we but God, repent, say, Lord, I'm stuck. Repent and say, I won't be stupid again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We live and learn, don't we? We're in a process. Amen. And God is sanctifying us. He's separating us. Yeah. He doesn't want you mixed up in weights and sins. He wants you in his presence, yeah. doesn't he? He wants to love you. And he wants you to love him. Amen. Yeah. Tell the Lord you love him. Oh, tell the Jesus you love him. Jesus, you're wonderful. You're tremendous. Thank you, Jesus. You did it all for us, Lord. What a tremendous saviour. Oh, glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, he got stripped of his coat. He now gets a servant's coat a servant's coat in Potiphar's house but it gets worse because this woman gets him and thrown in jail and he's now got a prisoner's coat a prisoner's coat think about it and this man is blessed in God and if you read Psalm 105 it gives you the gory details not very nice He sent a man before them, even Joseph in verse 17, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters and laid in irons. Terrible now. Hurt with fetters and laid in irons. My, this must have been a tremendous test for Joseph's faith. This is where you need an excellent spirit. This is where you need a right attitude. It's hard. And I know some of you, and I've been through some stuff, and I've been through some stuff in different situations, and a lot of it's been very unfair. And I tell you, when I was in the pit, I read this story about the old donkey. Your donkey. And the farmer... I think I've told this story before I tell you again though. This old donkey, the farmer was fed up with him. Couldn't afford the vet fees. He wouldn't do what he was told. So he dug a big hole. And, and he got his digger. And he pushed the donkey in the big hole. And then he got his digger and threw tons of earth on top of him. Kept throwing the earth on top of the donkey. But every time he threw the earth on top of the donkey... The donkey man to strangle on top of that load of earth until the last load went in and he got so high up the pit he could get out. You've got to have a donkey mentality. Yes. Yes. That when they throw the muck on you you get on top of the muck and you'll come out. Well Joseph was coming out. He didn't know how he was coming out. He was, he was so blessed, he was still blessed in fetters and irons. He's still blessed, he's in a prison, isn't he? And they put him in charge of the whole prison. But, God is beginning to work. (laughs) A butler and a baker come down there. They upset Pharaoh, and he stuck them both in prison. Because Pharaoh was chief executioner. Yeah, he was the one that cut people's heads off in Egypt. Chief executioner, and these two were put in prisoners, As we know, interpreted the baker and the butler's dream, and the baker forgot all about it, or the butler did. Yeah. Oh. it's the butler, is it? <laughs> it's not the butler, is it? It's the butler, not the baker, isn't it? The baker got hung, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the butler, and you know what Archie Kendall says. He said, "Why, why did the?" Why did the butler wait two years to remember that he had the dream come back? And, and um, Artie says, if he'd have come out any sooner and been made pharaoh, he would have got his brothers. He'd have put them in jail. Wouldn't he? But you, you see, this is where faith has got to develop in you. Because faith only works by love. It? If you step out of grace and love, your faith won't work. You, you know, you can't say, uh, oh, that person, I never forgive him. You've got to forgive. You've got to love people. Jesus teaches us to even love our enemies. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the point about it is, people, people once, you get, once you lose a right attitude and you've no longer got an excellent spirit, your faith will never develop. It's the greatest hindrance I've come to see. And in my life, and I look back, as I said to you on some previous things, when I was going through it, and I remember this bloke was very unfair to me, and I used to dream at night of getting a brick and going to his house and throwing it through his window. (laughs) I'd got that bloke. God had to remove all that out of me. You've You've got to get purged of it, cleansed of it. You've got to get sanctified of it. And once I realise that it's... Christ is my justifier. That's what justification by faith is all about. He will deal with this bloke. He will. Whoever it is. Or this, whatever it is. You see, many of us are held back... By fear. Fear is our greatest enemy. We face something, you see... And we failed. And we think... And then we when we fail we think oh no i failed surely i could have done better you know and then you think i must do something about this and i must go back and do something and do this and then the fear comes in see fear comes into your life and you say oh i don't know if i can do that you see and this is where you need faith This is why it's so important for you to develop your faith. Because if you don't have enough faith, you will never do it. Understand? I remember when I went through a terrible time with my back. I had a rugby injury. And it flared up in my 30s. And I was in agony. Absolute agony. And I didn't know. And what it did, it caused me to be depressed. Depressed. Because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I knew the Lord would... Was, and the Lord would to teach me about faith. And he was saying to me, You don't have to stay in this pit. You can come out. I said, really, Lord? You see, your, your mind, fear can really cancel out faith. And so what, that's why it's so important for you to understand that what Jesus paid for on the cross was to give you a faith. And the Apostle John puts it, they said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You see, it's personal. It's, as I read to you, what the old preacher said, it's a gift. It's a gift of faith. It's the God kind of faith. And you've got to realize that if you can believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth... You can have it. Oh, yeah. But you see, the enemy wants to shut you up. He says, how can you say that when it's like this? But it's a different kind, it's a God kind of faith that moves mountains. You see, and with Joseph, you see, his character is being developed. And all these tests you and I get are to develop our faith. And we think, think it not strange, Peter says, this, this trial of faith. Don't think it strange, he said. Because mm. your faith is more precious than gold. And it is. Your faith is more precious than gold. And Joseph now is in this, this predicament, and then the two years go up, he interprets the butler's dream, and suddenly he's now got a royal coat of authority. the fifth coat. And you've been given that coat in Jesus Christ. It's a robe of righteousness. You've got it, but do you know it? And are you wearing it? Are you putting it on? I tell you what, we've got to grasp what we have in Christ. This tremendous inheritance. And suddenly, The gift that God has given to Joseph to interpret this brings about, and then you've got Joseph's brothers in Canaan. His brothers are starving. They're starving. Yeah, but God has sent somebody before them, the seed, the promise to provide for us. And God has sent somebody for us. And it's Jesus. Yeah, thank you and he's the one that can supply every need that yeah. you've got. Because he's got all the goods. <laughs> according, not to how you think, but according to his riches in glory. Oh, God can do anything if you believe. If it's in the plan of God and it's for the work of God, just believe. Just believe it. I tell you, God can just shift anything. Shift anything around when you want it shifted around. Amen. He can move anything. Yes. I've seen God do it with us. Mm. Iron and I, we've been through some stuff. Wow. You know, we look at one another and we think, how in the world are we still here? <laughs> but we're still here. Amen. It's by the grace of God. Amen. It is. It's a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. It's an absolute miracle. I remember say, uh, Irene, when she was having our third child, she looked like death warmed up. I thought, when is she going to depart from here? And I was getting very shaky. I thought, I'll be left with three kids and no wife. But God moved. A miracle came. And recently, Irene wasn't very well. Her blood pressure went up there, and she went back last week, and the blood pressure was 120 over 70. I said, what? What? I wish mine was 120 over (laughs) something. I looked at her. I said, you look different. Yes, she said, I've had a touch from God. You can have a touch from God. God. You can have it. (laughs) Believe for it. (laughs) Isn't it? You can believe for it. This gospel is for your spirit, soul, And your body is a holistic gospel. God is interested in everything about you. Even all the hairs of your head are numbered. Even yours, Alan. With all your hair. (laughs) Yeah, just think about it. He's our father. Isn't he? God is our father. Isn't he wonderful? It's just tremendous. Oh, I tell you. Well, these brothers are starving. So they have to go down into Egypt now to get some bread. And guess who they got to go to? <laughs> Brother Joseph. <laughs> God's got a sense of humor. I love this part. I really love this part. It's really, it's really great. I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but, it, you know, and of course they don't know it's Joseph, do they? And of course Joseph is interrogating them because he recognizes them. But of course he's all dressed up in Egyptian garb. Isn't he? And and he's speaking Egyptian. (laughs) And he's through an interpreter. He's not speaking Hebrew to them. He's speaking in Egyptian through an interpreter to them. But he's looking at them and he thinks, where's Benjamin? Where's my brother? And so he says to them, right, you can have grain. And he puts all the money back in the sacks. And they all go back. And he says, if you don't bring Benjamin next time, you're having nothing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I like this. I like the way he's putting the... (laughs) He putting the screw on (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so they go back. And, they, and the, the, the father says, oh, we're starving. We need some more grain. And they said, oh, we can't go back because you won't let us take Benjamin with us. <laughs> and then the father said, what in the world did you tell him? You've got a brother called Benjamin. <laughs> of course, God is in all this, isn't he? Yes. You do reap what you sow, you know. That's yeah, you do. God will forgive your sin, but yes. we do reap it a bit. Yes. I've repped a bit. I, I know I know. I know. And these brothers now, God has got them under the screw of it now. He's lovely, isn't he? <laughs> and, so <laughs> and so eventually they tell him, well, you, you've got to let us have Benjamin. Well, they should have gone back a long time. They're now, the barrels right down now. So. so they eventually bring Benjamin. And of course, when... <laughs> Joseph sees Benjamin, he gets them all to sit down and and of course he gets them at this table and they're all sitting down in order of age and merit. And they're thinking to themselves, how does this Egyptian know all this about us? What kind of fellow is this Egyptian? Who is he? You know, they're all sitting and Benjamin, his meal is five times as big as any of their meals. And they're sort of looking at Benjamin and saying, what's going on here? He's got the big steak and they've got the <laughs> little steak. <laughs> and they're thinking, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> so then he gets them to put all the money back in the sacks and he sends them off. And he puts his cup then in Benjamin's sack. Remember? And so they're all traveling back to me, and he sends his servants after them. And brings them all back. And whoever my cup is in their sack, he's going to be my prisoner. <laughs> and lo and behold, the cup <laughs> is in Benjamin's sack. Oh, dear. And Judah. Uh, you, you lot can go back now, he said. <laughs> he told all these brothers. Go back to your father. I'm keeping this Benjamin. Oh no! You can't do that, Judah says. You can't do that because if we arrive home without our Benjamin, our father Jacob is going to die. He's lost one son. He's there. They think he's lost, but he's, there. He is standing there. <laughs> That's what sin will do. It will deceive you, and you won't see nothing wow. when he's there. And then you deceive, and you get deceived. And then they think, what in the world can we do? So eventually, Simeon now stands in as prisoner. For Benjamin, so Benjamin eventually goes home. They go home, and poor old Simeon's in prison. But they said, We're, we're, we're not going back. We, we, Simeon is, is locked in prison. They're wonderful brothers, these. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit like the church, doesn't it? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I've seen some really nice brothers. <laughs> uh, and then eventually <laughs> they come back and then of course when they come back and, and, and Simmons released <laughs> he tells them I'm Joseph their, draws, their jaws drop like this <laughs> the biggest shock they've ever had in their LA. life what? <laughs> This is Joseph. and What, what a shock, isn't it? What a shock. what a shock. But gods it's all in the plan. See, that's what the blessing does. Tremendous thing to be blessed of God, isn't it? Are you blessed? <laughs> it'll take you out of a pit, out of a prison, out of all your hungry brothers, and it'll bring you out because you've got this Robe of righteousness. You've been justified. It's tremendous, isn't it? But I love it. I I, I just love this story. Because I think, you know, God has got a sense of humor. He knows how to put these religious people through the mill. Mm. Put the screw on them. Yeah, and they all, and eventually, of course, they all come home then and they say, Joseph is alive to Jacob. They're liars, he said. (laughs) Believe a word, they've lied to me for years. Joseph alive (laughs) 13 years, mine. No, 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 it's more than 13 years. Seven years of famine, two years into the famine. This is how many? 13 and 7 is 22 years. He did not know that Joseph was alive. Think about it. What a thing. You see, if you got a dream from God and you're blessed of God, it's going to come to pass. Oh yeah. It's going to come to pass. It's tremendous. Don't give up on your dream. No, no, no. And, and of course, as the scripture says, Jacob didn't revive until he saw the wagons. He saw, he saw all the wagons <laughs> laden with all the stuff. All the stuff on the best of Egypt was on wagons. <laughs> and they took Jacob and the 70 people into the best part of Egypt. Yes. But what strikes me in this story is is this. It says that the Egyptians had no dealings with the Hebrews. And in a way, the world doesn't have any dealings with us. We we are a different company. We are a different company of people because we are a heavenly company of people. And we've got a heavenly Father. And we've got a heavenly destination. And there's a new heaven... And there's a new earth coming wherein dwelleth righteousness, and everything is being prepared. You think how God planned all that in detail. God was working in Joseph's life at every stage of his life. Amen. And I was thinking, if you can have a dream like Joseph, Amen. believe it, and keep walking by faith, you will come through Amen. every test, every trial. Every difficulty that you face, you keep your faith in God. So what you've got to do is build your faith. Build your character. Don't give up. Never, never give up. Don't listen to Satan's lies. Don't listen to anything he says. This is what James says in, in James um, Brethren, count it all joy Mm. when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, every one of us is tempted in a different way, aren't we? The temptation that will come to me might not be your temptation. But we're all tempted. Satan is out to to try and get at you. But you see, you counted all joy. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith Worketh. It's working patience, isn't it? And patience, he says, have its perfect work, that you be entire, perfect rather, entire, and wanting nothing. Well, Joseph came to a place, a great authority, and blessing, didn't he? He's a perfect type of Christ, isn't he? In every way, I've heard a lot of messages on it. I don't intend to dwell on that. But I would like to be perfect, entire, and wanting nothing. Wouldn't you? Yeah. And so what, have you, what you've got to have with your faith is patience. Haven't you? If, if Joseph had given up, he would have never had his dream fulfilled. Would he? Never. Never. And in your dream, for you, whatever your need is here today, is to be... Willing to be patient and add to your faith and keep an excellent spirit, keep a right attitude. You know, when Jesus is teaching the Beatitudes, is the attitude that determines somebody, your altitude. So you're no longer the scratching end, you're the ascending eagle. See? And you, the Beatitude, the, the, the first, when it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That equates exactly to what's justification by faith. Because what you're saying is, there's nothing in me. I can't stand in my own righteousness. I have nothing to warrant my own salvation. I cannot make it on my own. I need Jesus and his righteousness. That's being poor in spirit. A mourning spirit is when you do something wrong, you, do, uh, you are really repentant. And that's when you become meek of spirit because a meek person is teachable. We've got to be teachable. I don't know it all. Every time I'm coming to the word of God, I think, where did that come from? How is it I did not see that before? But you're dealing with God here. This is God's word. You're talking about the breadth, the height, the length, the depth. Look at the universe. We're dealing with something so tremendous. The gospel is so great. It's so marvelous. Can you conceive of a new heaven and a new earth? I can't. I can't imagine. Can you conceive what heaven is going to be like? What, What everything, you know, God is preparing this place. And Jesus says, no man knows the time, but only my Father in heaven. But we have got to be patient. Faith and patience, somebody said, are the power twins. They bring you to what you need in your life. But you've got to be patient. See, God tests your faith. And why did God put Israel through the wilderness? It was to test them, it said. To see what was in their heart. See, God is testing you. We're all under appraisal here today. Our Heavenly Father is writing your report. How is he doing today? What's his attitude like? Mm. What's he saying? What's his confession? Are you sending up a good report? Or have you come back with an evil report? See, God calls unbelief evil. Mm. Yeah, he calls it evil. Oh yeah. And I'm coming to see that some of my behavior, I, th- I say, I'm only standing here because God is merciful. Amen. He's merciful to me. Amen. I think, how could, he, how could He overlook that? But He's merciful. He's merciful. God is a God of mercy. Come on. If you haven't got the faith, come in on mercy, as I said, and you will get it. But don't ever trash it afterwards. Oh, no. Don't ever trash it. And p- some people have. They've come in on mercy, obtain mercy, and then forgotten what God did for them. No, don't be like that. Because God doesn't forget. No, no. I'm coming to see that His loving kindness is new every morning. It's just whether you can keep communion with God. Can you keep communion with God? Can you realize who you are? That God has chosen you? Oh yeah, he's accepted you. He's given you Christ's righteousness. And he can lift you up in the same way he's lifted Joseph up. Amen. Oh, he can. He can bring you out of your pit, bring you out your prison house or whatever the prison is. You know, people are in prison into all sorts of things today, aren't they? And, and fear is a prison. It's a terrible prison that imprisons believers. It's shocking. Why? Because the enemy has intimidated them. But if we can have faith, what we've got to do is develop our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the developer of our faith. Keep looking at Jesus. Take your place in your heavenly Zion in Hebrews 12. Don't worry about this earthly Zion down here. Jesus isn't in Jerusalem. He's right here now. We're two or three. He's in the midst. You walk in amongst these chairs, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is here. I tell you what, Jesus is more interested in you being blessed than you are sometimes in me. It's the mercy of God that I'm here today, I can tell you. The enemy's tried to kill me quite a few times. And he might have tried to kill you. But a big angel is protecting me on a few occasions. Yeah, and you've got big angels protecting you. So, what, what is your need? I tell you what, Jesus can meet every need that I've got so that you're perfect, entire wanting nothing. And it says, if anybody lacks wisdom, ask God. If you don't know what to do, ask God. Come before him. Bow before him. We have got a place to come. It's a mercy seat. Oh yeah, we've got a mercy seat. And what you get there is grace. And that grace helps you in your time of need. His grace is made perfect in your weakness. You might feel weak, but you take grace and eventually you'll get peace. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? Oh, praise the Lord. I'm thrilled with Jesus, aren't you? I think he's tremendous. (laughs) He is wonderful. He is tremendous. Well, the enemy stripped Joseph, but God gave him the coat of authority. And God has given us our robe of righteousness. What a wonderful thing the righteousness of Christ is. Just think about it. It conquered sin, death, and hell. And we have His blood. We have His covenant. We have His promise. We have His oath. God doesn't lie. Oh no, if God says it, that's it. Isn't it? If God says it, that's it. I tell you, it's time for us to keep believing. Cherish a believing heart. Because if you can start to believe God, as we said with Leah, she moved from a son to a habitation. The sixth sun means habitation dwelling. If you and I, if we can understand that Christ dwells in you and you are that dwelling place of the Most High, And you can become a worshiper, praising God, and then a worshiper. There are four great blessings for the worshiper. The holiest is opened up. You have boldness to come through the blood of Jesus. You have a new and living way designated for you to come up. And you have a great high priest who can meet every need that you've got. Isn't it wonderful? And we got a wonderful Jesus. Amen. I tell you, it's a tremendous thing what God has done for us. You see, sometimes in our... I, I was reading an old, um, an old writer, and he says, Faith, Gurnell, a great man of God, um, wrote... Uh, Wilkerson has actually translated his books into three smaller volumes and into modern language and he says faith is armor upon armor faith is the grace that preserves all your graces faith hand, hand holds all the priceless treasures of christ and he says faith gives sight to see the father's love i've got a sixth sense and you have if you're a believer it gives you sight and hearing in the kingdom of God. Yes. Wonderful. It's a sixth sense. It's the God kind of faith that gives you to hear and see the kingdom. And this is what Joseph had. He never lost his vision. He saw that dream and he saw it fulfilled. And whatever your need is, your faith can develop... Because it's the faith that takes. Faith takes. It receives and it takes. Doesn't it? And this is what we've got to grasp is... um, I'm just trying to find something I wrote in here to share with you. Um, You see, one of the problems we have is to understand that our flesh, somebody wrote this, your spirit is an investor, but your flesh is a gambler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your flesh will gamble. You It will be all right for you to try that. Mm -hmm. It would have been all right for Joseph to try to have an affair with Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. You see, your flesh is a, is a gambler, but your spirit is an investor. And what we've got to grasp is, you mustn't, what patience says to you, the present is the best present I can have. God is working. So if I understand I'm a dwelling place of the Most High God, that God dwells in me, and I start to activate my faith. And no matter what I'm looking at, my faith can see what God says above what this says. See? And it says, I will worship the Lord. I will thank God. I will praise God. I will worship God. So whatever situation is in, you lift up holy hands to God. Because you are call as a king and a priest to minister to God. Aren't you? You're called to be a worshiper. Yes. You're called to be a priest to God. You're called to offer up spiritual sacrifices. You're called to come. And as Joel said, and we as God's people, if we get going, there will be meat in God's house. And there will be drink in God's house. Yeah. And when we start eating this good food, as I said this morning, drinking this good wine, you'll be happy. You'll be joyful. It's the best wine you'll ever drink. It's wonderful. So I pray the Holy Spirit will help us. I think it's very warm. And you probably want to go out and have a rest. And a cup of tea. (laughs) And it's time now. uh, We'll uh, look forward to hearing Harriet in the morning. And uh, believe that the Lord is going to speak to us again from his word. Because I know that the word of God is rich. (laughs) It it is wonderful, the riches of the inheritance of the saints in light. (laughs) What we got is rich, isn't it? And it's good that we got food in our house. Joseph, our Joseph, is Jesus. (laughs) Isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's got it all stored away. (laughs) Whatever you need is in the storehouse. (laughs) Isn't it? Whatever you need is in the storehouse. So just rejoice. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. It's wonderful. Lord, we pray this afternoon that tonight's meeting, we will see an outpouring of your spirit. Lord. We pray, Lord, that somebody will have the cup in their sack. Yes. Yes. And then when it comes out, it will bless us. Amen. We pray, Holy Spirit, that whatever need is in this yes. little congregation today, we pray, Holy Spirit, that somehow you'll give your people vision Amen. and faith Amen. to take it. Yes. It's there. It's in the riches. Amen. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power that you reveal to us, you uncover, you open up the wondrous things in your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. We thank you, Lord Jeremiah said, your word is more precious than anything. And we pray, Lord, that these dear your people will eat good food in the coming days, that you will feed them Uh on the finest of the wheat. And that' be strong and healthy yes. and mighty men and women of God, Amen. Amen. that the blessing of the Lord would rest upon them. Yes. They will blessed in their going out, blessed in their' coming in, and no matter what the enemy does to them, mm-hmm. they will overcome. <laughs> Hallelujah.)